415 cocaine, 430 cocaine, 454 cocaine, 505 cocaine. Hmm. Yes, I'm wearing a Deadpool shirt, but we're not talking about comics. No comic. Today is no comics, no comics day. No, we're definitely going to talk about comics. That's just, I'm hoping that'll become like a kind of a new line. <laughs> yeah, and it is our last show after all. Yeah, you know what? I, uh, <laughs> I, can I be honest with you? I was up. Please. I was up pretty much, not all night, but for at least a couple minutes, just thinking about our last show and what it was going to be like. I was working on the clip reel. I was in uh, my Final Cut Express, you know. Is that, are together. you going to finally admit to doping on the last, the last show? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you since we're not live. I'll tell you what I uh, what I told my what I told my lady. Right, your special lady or your lady friend? My very special lady friend. I told her this last <laughs> night. Um, Dan, as you know, I'm trying to evolve as a person. You know that, right? Of course, yeah. The, the stress is on the trying, and it's very stressful. Um, I never liked that guy. I, I never, I, I didn't like that guy. I'm just saying, I'm not trying to act like, you know, hipster guy, but I'm just saying like, even when it was a day regare to have unlimited respect and admiration for that guy, I, something felt wrong. When I first started getting back into comics, we're not going to talk about comics today. No. When I first started getting back into comics, um, my, uh, my kid and I were really into the Avengers a lot and, and kind of out of nowhere, because my wife literally could not care less. I mean, to the point of anger about the comic stuff. Mm-hmm. She's a good sport, but she doesn't love it. She, she's like, Thor, I might have said this before, Thor is like every guy I try to avoid at a party in college. <laughs> and if you stop for a minute and think about that. <laughs> you knew, you knew so many guys. <laughs> Is thine dress madeth of felt? Apparently, <laughs> oh. it is now. Thy dress, thy dress is quite becoming. It would look better upon my Asgardian floor. Oh man! And I kind of feel that way about that guy. That guy, you could tell that guy. I'm pretty pleased with myself, but uh, I'm a biker compared to that guy. I don't want to work ping pong. But man, and then the, the, the little rubber bracelets. I mean, we're still living that, you know. <laughs> Adidas shower sandals, really? <laughs> they should every every pair of Adidas shower sandals should should come with a restraining order and a court date, just oh. as a prophylactic. <laughs> uh, I ate ate this morning. I ate. Um, I've had a moderate amount of coffee. Got a got a fresh stream. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. How you doing? Doing pretty good. Hmm. You sound good. You sound good. Thank you very much. Um, Hmm. Mm. Good week. Good week. This has been a, a very good week so far. Oh, fantastic. Uh, uh, wow. That MailChimp page is pretty. That MailChimp page is really nice. They're not a sponsor, are they, this week? No. Okay. So we don't have to talk about it, but. Um, <laughs> MailChimp.com slash 2012. Oh, God, I'm so I stood right up on that roof. Really? Yeah. And you look down. You look down upon the city of Atlanta. Of Fat Atlanta. Fat? Fat, fat hot. And fat. I, uh. I looked down and stood right where the monkey stands. Mm, it's a chimp. It's <laughs> whatever. Well, Clip off the matters, tail, matters, it becomes a matters chimp. To them. Matters to them. You got, uh, you know, gorillas. Uh, gorillas are herbivores. Many um, monkeys are... Oh, but uh, the chimps eat each other. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The bonobos like to have intercourse. When they get nervous, they have intercourse. You mean the pants? The they're, bonobos, like, uh, they're like college pants. sophomores. 
<laughs> so my, oh. my kid said something funny to me. Tell me. Uh, last <laughs> night, he was talking, I forget how we got on the subject of uh, uh, the color of women's hair. But he said that he's going to have, <laughs> he said that he's going to have a uh, blonde wife and a girlfriend with brown hair. <laughs> and I said, and I said uh, at the same time, and he said, oh, yes, of course. And I, I said, well, how, I said, if you have a, a, a blonde wife and a brown haired girlfriend, how will you divide up your time? And he said, well, I will go to the movies with my wife during the daytime and I will go to dinner with my girlfriend in the nighttime. I said, you, you got to figure it out. He's five. He's, 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 he's really, thought, out he's really thought about yeah, this. Yeah, he's he, got a plan. He wasn't well, just That's my boy right there. <laughs> he's got a plan. Yeah, he knows what he's doing already. I think by... I said, so I said, how old will you be when, when you have a blonde wife and a brown-haired girlfriend? He says, oh, not for a long time. I'm going to be very old. And I said, how old? He said, maybe 16. <laughs> so... <laughs> Anything at his age, anything after probably six or seven yeah. might as well be 80. Yeah, it's unthinkable. I think by the time he gets to 10 or 11, he's going to realize that that plan should include a very angry <laughs> blonde wife and a very disappointed brown-haired girlfriend. <laughs> right. Depending on how clear his view of reality is. Yeah. Just like that Van Morrison song. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, she's so angry. Brown-eyed girl. Um, man, that's... Kids, kids sitting yeah. there just things. Um, <laughs> uh, he's a great kid. I like that kid. I'm really sorry about the cash thing. Uh, that's I'm sorry you didn't get to name him how you like. Oh, I could know. You, could you just make that a nickname? Are you? Uh, your wife has put the I don't want to work ping pong, but your wife has officially put the kibosh on the use of cash as a name for your children. Is that accurate? Well, I mean, I could call him Cash, and whether or not that would. See, he, we're at an interesting opportunity now because we, pl well, we plan to stay in Austin and, um, and, you know, so he's going to be going into the, the new school in first grade and everything, I guess, next, next year, whatever he lands there with is probably what's going to stick. So if I can get to calling him cash now, then that might stick and that might stay with him as, as a nickname. Especially if when you drop him off, you make sure everybody knows that's what he should be called. Right. Right. No, is this based on the uh, the Man in Black? You mean, Cash? Or are you talking about uh, the Benjamins? Cash, both, Whoa. I guess. Cash Benjamin. Yeah. All about. Oh, the, I yeah. never, I never put that together. Uh -huh. Well, you thought this through. Uh -huh. Wait a minute. Do you have the same bell I do? <laughs> I guess so. It sounded exactly the same. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Oh, perfect. Man. Stereo. Man, perfect sound forever. <laughs> huh. Um. Yes, uh, my daughter uh, is engaged. She's five, and she has, she is engaged <laughs> oh, already. Yeah, yeah. He likes Iron Man. It's cool. Um, <laughs> not Thor though. Nobody likes Thor. <laughs> <laughs> There's like two weeks where Walter Simonson was killing it, and uh, I call him I call him Walt. Yeah, but Walt. I call him Walt. <laughs> but apart from that, nobody likes Thor. No. Thor is very frustrating. We're not gonna talk about comics. But uh, what, was, what was my point? Well, we were talking about uh, parties and cash. You know, here's the other thing. You know that term, um, like, what do they call it? Like a collective noun? Like a, you know, collective plural, like a murder of crows? Oh, right. Gathering of uh, snails. Yeah. A gathering of hippies. You could, you could have, you could, maybe you could have a cache of children. 
The cat's pronounced cachet. A cachet of children. Because, <laughs> I mean, can, can she really, especially if you don't say it when she's around. Yeah, the problem is then you get into like a snot boogie type situation, right? You don't. <laughs> this American what, wait, what? Oh, a S1 snot E1. boogie? S1E1, the wire. Let me understand this. Because, you know, Dominic, uh, what's his name? Dominic West. He's from, uh, you know, England. Now, let me understand this. You come out here and you throw craps. Snot boogie shows up and takes the money. Why, why I got to ask, why, why you let him play? The guy says, this American man. So Snot Boogie got his name because according, according to um, McNulty, because it's probably because he showed up one day for school. Nick Nolte? You know, Nick Nolte? No, no, no. I think you're thinking of that Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy movie. 24 <laughs> Buddies. Oh, Axel F. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably start over. All right, let's um, do it. So anyway, I, uh, she was, I think this was mainly one way. For a long time, as you know, just to get under my skin, she told me that she was going to marry episode one. And I told her that I would not fund that. I would not <laughs> right. attend that. Right. I would say fie on you. Jar Jar would be like the ring bearer probably. Anyway, she did that. <laughs> she knew that it was just to needle, needle me, but I don't want to mention his name, but she's going to marry Sage, her friend. And uh, I'm pretty into it. He came over the other night. You know, we watched Tangled. Um, <laughs> Tangled. She's, no, a, watching, she's advanced. I was going to say she's, she's advanced for her. Yeah, Tangled isn't bad. Tangled's surprisingly good. And it's also, I must say, where uh, the, uh, the engaged couple learned the word brunette. Mm. No spoilers. I like her with the brunette hair. That choppy hair. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. Hmm. She got big eyes. Anyway, um, good week. Big week. I got to be honest with you, Dan. I don't have a whole lot for today. Uh, I'm going to do what we in the business, uh, the DJ business, call a teaser. And that is, I am, um, as promised, back in December, I am working actively on, what, what do we call it? iTunes and media management episode, maybe for next week. Okay. And uh, it's one of those things where I knew there was a lot to say about it, um, but I didn't realize quite how much in, until I started getting into it. But this will be in the age of um, iTunes match and Apple TV, especially mm-hmm. from my point of view, but also just in the age of like 1080p uh, movies and in the age of these ginormous audio files. Like how do we keep all that stuff together? How do we make sure our, the metadata is good, our backups, with a special um, focus on using smart playlists inside of iTunes to manage this stuff um, alongside iTunes Match, uh, how to make sure your stuff is backed up, uh, the apps that you can use. So I think my, my sense is that, that that is something that people would, a lot of people would find helpful because it's, it's a lot to deal with and it's a real pain in the butt to sit down and do. So that's what I'm working on. Do, are you interested in that? I'm very interested in that. I need all the help I can get there. You don't have, uh, I guess now that uh, since cash has been uh, growing up, you've got more music, you've got more ACDC around. Mm-hmm. But still, you don't want to fill up like an old iPhone you know, by going and buying the whole catalog and pretty soon, you know, your iCloud is full right. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I'm still researching some of that. A lot of this is, as you, as you say, black art. There's a lot of stuff that I'm still a little unclear about myself. Like, I'm not even sure like what the limit is for a paid account. I'll are you, you are thing. you also using anything else like Spotify or Pandora or anything like that? Or are you mainly, mainly with iTunes and stuff you buy from the iTunes store or have imported and music matched up? Uh, the latter. Almost all iTunes. I've um, I've played with Spotify and I've played with radio, RDO. 
I've, I've played with that and I enjoyed them both. But for myself with the size of devices that I've got, and I've got like a 64 gig iPad, like I should be good to go. But oh, wow. Like, Braggins. Mm, I, um, it was just too much to have those, any two of those systems in place. Cause I want to have it on the, you know, device. Like if I'm going to be on Muni, like underground, I'd like to be able to listen to music. Um, and uh, iTunes accommodates that better for me. So, but in both cases, I tried it. You know, it, it's cool. It's like if you're like uh, sitting at a computer all day long, it's ideal. Like if you have a, um, like if you're this hot dog place, you know, a couple doors from here, don't be creepy. Like you could, that's a perfect option if you don't have satellite radio. What I do pay for and still use fairly often is Pandora, um, which is. I think terrific, especially the key with Pandora. We're getting ahead of ourselves here, but um, I like Pandora a lot. The key to Pandora in my experience is experimenting with different stations because the difference between choosing like one artist or another is huge. The example I've given numerous times is Hank Williams versus Hank Snow. Like if you pick Hank Williams as the basis for your station, you get all this junky, like 90s, you know, chunky cowboy hat. Oh, yeah. If you pick Hank Snow, the wonderful uh, Canadian uh, singer, you get a lot more like classic, you know, Merle Haggard and um, Tammy Wynette type stuff. And the tricky thing, the cool thing is, do you, do you use Pandora? I do not. You know, we have it on the, we got a, I got a Roku. So it's Oh, a, you got to talk about this. I heard you love this thing. Yeah, I actually do like it a lot. And um, that's, you know, I've used Pandora. Like I think, I think when I first got an iPad way back, the first generation, I think I tried it on that and said, eh. but um yeah, on the Roku, it's all right. I'll tell you what the um, I, I you know there's always amazing features that end up getting removed from apps for obvious reasons. Um, but I don't know if this is still in there. But the last time I used Pandora Jam, there's a pretty mind-boggling feature where you can flip a bit, and every song that streams through Pandora Jam, mm-hmm. it records to a wait for it 128k MP3. In iTunes. Oh, wow. Now, why is that magic? Well, first of all, it's pretty cool that you get, you know, so like if I let that run for a while, I'll get this collection of like Carter family related songs I've never heard before <laughs> that I wouldn't even know about. Right. Like I, I don't, I don't know tons about early 20th century, um, old time music and country music, uh, but, uh, what's why is that? As you know, why is that 128 a magic number? Um, because that makes it, well, it's 64. Well, in two channels, right? It qualifies it for iTunes match. Oh, is that? <laughs> I did not know that. I yeah. did not know that. So who knows? At this point, it might be taken out or they might have changed it to 127.5 cleric. Um, who knows? <laughs> Cleric's <laughs> going to be on the crossover this week with uh, Jason Snell. Um, that's fantastic. Well, why have I not? I thought we talked about me being on the crossover sometimes. You want to be on I, it, but you're so busy. You're I on Comic Shack. You're on... You got this Dan. other Roderick. Wow, Dan. Wow, 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 wow. To quote Morrissey, ask me, ask me, ask me. All right. Will you mm-hmm. please be on the crossover again? Because if it's not love, then it's the bomb, the bomb, the bomb. The bomb Which the one bomb, do you want to be on? That will keep us together. I have, gosh darn you, Bob, I have, I have told you, and I'll say it, I'll say it publicly. I'll, I'll say it publicly. Right. I've told you my, my hit list of people that I would like to be on the show with. I told you I want to be on with that Jason Snell. I would like to be on with Jim Dalrymple if he'd have me. Uh, Dan oh, that'd Morin. be a good one. I like, I like that uh, Dan Moore. They won't have me on there incomparable. I don't, I, 
I say I don't know why, but of course I know well, why. Well, they, they've had me on it once or twice, and um, yeah, I think angry. they learned their lesson. They just got to get you to talk about something besides Spidey. Yeah. I'm, no, I, I'm happy about that now. I'm thrilled I, now. I, you guys okay. turned me around. You totally turned me around. To, really? Yes, I love it. I love it now. The, the, love Obi-Wan, it. the Obi-Wan Kenobi ghost is okay? Yeah, I don't want it, I don't want it to go back now. I, this is what I want now. I'm totally into it now. I think Dan Slott's a god. Love him. I think you might be the Manchurian candidate. Hello? Hmm. Okay, can I, can I just point out that I texted you? Go ahead, caller. Okay, thank you. Uh, uh, first time slaughter. I, I'm pretty sure, if memory serves, I texted you literally two nights ago and told you how much I was loving, loving, loving big time. And your response was, I think that, you know, you can tell me what, if you want, the public, what you said, but... As of two nights ago, you sounded like uh, Dan Slott was still dead to you. No, he was. This all happened in the last, I would say, like shortly after that, I think I went back. I think it, it gave me pause, as all of your texts give me pause. I give you pause? Always, of course. You're, you oh, have thank you, Dan. tons of influence. You give me a lot of pause, too. I know. Hold on. I'm looking, I'm looking at this. Well, I was, um, you know, I go to Walgreens a lot. Mm, and I have a, I, I have a comic buddy. I won't say his name. Do you buy um, them? At, you buy them at Walgreens now because no your no regular Dan. comic shop is so. No, Dan, I have an intimate relationship with a couple of the guys at Walgreens. Very intimate. <laughs> Physically intimate. Is it what? Physically intimate. Absolutely. We uh, loan each other comics. Oh. And he actually gave me. He gifted me. He transitively gifted me with the giant butt uh, Spider-Man Big Time, ult- not Ultimate, but you know, like the big thick one mm-hmm. with all the the thick one. And, and more, wow, I really, this is uh, what, like a couple of years ago? Uh, Peter gets a job at Horizon. He's uh, going out with, uh, what's her name? Marnie, Carney, Barney, what's her name? It's not MJ. It's oh, not Car- dead, not, Carly. Not that Gwen. Okay. Well, here's the reason why I like big time. I have one word for you. One word. Yeah. Umberto Wait, Ramos. Oh, um, that guy is good. Oh my gosh. I met him. Alberto Ramos. Now, did he do some... He drew of, that black cat for me. Oh, God. Black cat. Best Dan, ever. Can I say one word? Just Please. literally one word? Please. I totally get the black cat. Oh, thing, yeah. Right? oh yeah. One word. She is... She is literally a minx. She's the best she ever. Is, oh, my goodness. All this She's time you're talking about Jean Grey, Jean Grey, Jean Grey, and I'm sitting here looking at this picture of black cat that Ramos drew for me, posted right up here on the wall of the studio. Can I just say, I think it's sad that you would try to work in something passive aggressive about Jean Grey. I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna acknowledge that. No, she's going through a lot right now. Sure. Well, now what if you came back? What if you cabled your way back and you discovered what you would become? Think about that. You're you're 13 years old and you're working jobs all the time like a sucker, and uh, and somebody comes and, and uh, the the future version of you comes, so to speak, and and tells you what you would be like today. Wouldn't you be kind of freaked out? I would love it. Um, that's what I've been praying would happen. I just sent you to your phone a uh, a screenshot of what my lock screen looks like on my cell phone. Oh, sweet. Okay, I'll check it out. So you can then, then you'll see then you'll see how I'm feeling about things. Okay, awesome. And I'll, right. I'll send I'll send you mine as well, please. Um, because I you know actually to tell you the truth, I am I am you from the future, and I've come back here to tell you that right now you're in a pod in Jamaica Bay. You will not be discovered for many, many years. Mm. The Fantastic Four will find you in a pod. We're not going to talk about comics today. 
Um, I don't know what we're going to talk about. Um, it, maybe this could be one of those shows people like or don't like where we don't have a specific topic. I, I, I love those. Topics. Those are the best shows. Nah, those are the know. ones that in retrospect we come back to and say that's that was when we detoxed ourselves. I thought it was the ones where I get like um, mad or histrionic. I thought that that's the one pe- uh, people liked. I think you're thinking of hysterical blindness. <laughs> Is that uh, real, I, by the way? I know you study this stuff. Oh, absolutely. I've studied all kinds of hysteria. What happens is if your uterus swells, you can't see anymore because you are hysterical from the Greek. Um, Well, you know, there's a lot of things like that. that Fugue state. I love that. I love that. How long can a fugue state last? Like, can it really last a few years? Well, it starts out as a colony and uh, (laughs) then it gets gets upgraded. The man who walked up a hill and came down a mountain. Yes, that's uh, that's that guy that got the uh, Hummer. The agony and the ecstasy. How would you go out? I think you're thinking of Vince Van Gogh. How would you, why would you go out and get a Hummer if you're with Elizabeth Hurley? I don't understand that a bit. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. That is a man who is in conflict with himself. Frigid though. Frigid. Elizabeth Hurley? I'm asking. I'm not saying. I'm asking. I don't know. I don't know. You said it. She likes spanking games. Is that true? I'm not going to address this. All I'm saying is hands off Jean Grey. Um, but no, it's really good. And you know, I would actually say, I'm not in a position to say, you should tell me if this makes any sense, but, um, I'm always trying to help the kids with a place to jump in. I would have to say that, uh, big time is a pretty good place to jump. Really in. good. I agree with you completely wholeheartedly. I'm on board and, with it. And like I said, in that, uh, text that gave you pause, uh, text, which gave you pause text, which I think, she, I think she's a vertigo character. Um, <laughs> I, um, it makes me again, it's, you know, it's one of those things. It's like when somebody like sometimes cheap trick will put out a record where you go, yes, I forgot how much I like cheap trick, you know? And then you pick it, pick that up and go, oh man, Peter Parker is so cool. He's so cool. And I, uh, you really get that in this and you don't get too much of that Norman Osborne yet, which I like, I don't understand the whole Norman Osborne thing. What's to understand. He took a, took a potion, <laughs> like, got, took, got evil. Took, right. But did, did he like, kind of like take everything over at some point and yeah, make I, I didn't follow that but he did like a he, he took over somehow like he t- he had the Iron Man armor then he was Captain America then he was I don't know I don't know what happened you know his son uh, James uh, James DeFranco from the DeFranco family you know he had a serious drug problem okay I, last question we're not gonna talk about comics last question right. why do the Osbournes uh, have that hair everything's just what Ozzy passed down okay so you're saying it's, it's as a result of having ridden numerous times on a crazy, literally crazy train. Yeah, the guy bit off of the head of a bat. That's not accurate. Someone threw a bat on stage. Okay. And he bit the head off it. So why, does, why did they have uh, a head like a French tickler? I mean, they're a very advanced family. Is there anything they could do sartorially to, to change that hair? You know what I'm talking about in the old ones when they've got Yeah, they're, weird... it's sort of knitted. They <laughs> have knitted hair. Yeah. In the, uh, uh, no spoilers, but in the... Uh, Enguay, AC stay at day era. Uh-huh. Uh, they, had, they had some crazy butt hair. <laughs> yeah. I like that hair. And that's continued. We have these books I read to my kid that are for kids. They're, they're apparently not in print anymore. So I feel like the, I'm sitting on origins? a gold mine. The origins. No, uh, they're um, called Spider Sense is the oh. category of them. They're, so it'll say like Spider-Man, Spider Sense, Spider-Man. This is the full title. Spider-Man, Spider Sense, Spider-Man versus the Green Goblin. Spider-Man versus Venom, Spider-Man versus whatever. And these are great. And I, I've, I've read each of them several hundred times, some, some of those times to my son. And they have the knitted hair in that also. Huh. I've looked around. I've searched. I went on Alta Vista to try and find out why that is. I still not got a – I figured it was a result of some kind of science. 
Mm. I figured that that was a flavor of science hair. It could be. It seems to me that a lot of supervillains arise, or a handful of, of famous supervillains arise out of trying to replicate someone, uh, a good guy's powers, and then having it not work out. Mm. Incomplete. I would say, can I just say this? Can I say one thing? Literally one thing? Wait until the testing is done. Let's just, let's wait. Let's wait until the testing is done. Make sure it's going to work. Try, try it out on one of your children before, like one, the one you don't like, but, or a dog that you don't like, but don't be your own guinea pig. That's one to grow on. Okay, we're not going to talk about comics. I had a couple of suggestions this week. First of all, oh, I have to tell you, Dan, you know what? Ira Carey, uh, Blanco, John, Philip, Peter, Souza, he said, I have arrived. I'm in receipt of the Victor Wooten signed Spider-Man uh, 669. My ASM arrived. Oh, yeah? You got one, right? Mm-hmm. Wooten. Super Wooten. He's, he's uh, the seven-time... Uh, no, he's the, he's the only guy who's ever won Bass Player of the Year from Bass Something Magazine. <laughs> Bass Something, which he really did a rebrand. Bass Player. Bass Something. And uh, he was in Bella Fleck and the Flecktones. And uh, he signed uh, the Amazing Fantasy alternate cover mm-hmm. on which he appears holding Spider-Man. And, and that was sent to me by Ira Carey Blanco. And it, it took me 35 minutes to explain this to my wife, and I still don't understand it. <laughs> That's the six A. That's the six A cover. That's, yeah. a, that's a deep cover. The, the The best way to explain, um, that that particular cover, Ira Carey Blanco. He's a sweet man. Super sweet. Hammer, Hammer, Hammer Mill, Hammer Films. What's the name of his company? Samson. Yeah, they make the microphones. They make all of that. Uh, all he of that he stuff. rides a bike, but I like him. Yeah, and I can't hold against him. But that's a copy of the Amazing Spider Man. 252, the famous cover, the first appearance of the black costume. Oh, uh, okay. In Amazing Spider-Man after his return from Beyonder's World after Secret Wars 1. Okay. So that's and, his first appearance of the black costume, Amazing Spider-Man 252. Okay, got it. Got, got it. it. Got Do you it. have it? I have one. I have a couple no, copies no. of that, actually. It's probably in this torrent here. The rumors are true. Rumors are true. Was he feeling heavy? He thought black would be slenderizing? He's ready for a change. Ready for symbiote a change. symbiote costume. Did you see there's a Dan Slot variant cover? Where yep. Dan Slott's carrying Spider-Man? Yep. <laughs> I can talk about comics. So here's, here's uh, I'll skip over Daredevil Visionaries, Frank Miller, Volume 2, which people should get. Um, and uh, I will say that I am reading, I am reading uh, two things, uh, two great tastes that taste great together. Super Gods, a book by Grant Morrison. I am reading Interleaved with the Marvels TPP. Are you aware of these two things? No. Okay, uh, Grant Morrison is a guy uh, who's great. He's done lots of comics. He did, I think he did New, uh, new X-Men which was awesome. He's done lots and lots of things. Mm-hmm. What else? What's Grant Morrison really famous for? Um, well, I mean, Brown obviously, Brown girl. The, well, the the stuff he did in the Doors, right? I think he's gonna Grant Hart from when the music's video. over, turn out the lights, whatever. Super gods: colon, What masked vigilantes, miraculous mutants, and a sun god from Smallville can teach us about being human? Oh, and it's a it's a book, and it's I guess I haven't gotten into the biography part yet, but it's a whistle stop tour of basically what's happened since 1938, starting with Namor and I guess the Human Torch, right? And going up through. Anyway, it's really great. And he, he's, such a, he's such a good writer and lively writer. And uh, it's a great history of the big movements. I mean, I'm only like, you know, whatever, 50 pages in or something, but the, uh, of uh, the superheroes and the, the big 1950s comic scare about, you know, how it was causing juvenile delinquency and so forth. Right. But are you familiar with the Marvel 
series called Marvels. It's a uh, done by uh, d- uh, illustrated by Alex Ross, and it's basically the history oh. of Marvel guys as seen through the eye eyes, and then later eye. No spoilers of this photographer. So it starts with Namor and the Torch like fighting over New York, and then up through. But it's written. It's like from the the point of view of somebody who's not a superhero and what it's like to live in a city where the superheroes are kind of tearing stuff up. Mm-hmm. And it's really neat to read alongside that book. We're not going to talk about comics, but those two together are, are kind of fun to read um, alongside. I think you might like Marvels. I'll send you a TPB. Oh, man. You, lo- you love TPB. Yeah, I would dig that. I just sent you something in the robot. Okay. Let me get your uh, thing here. Oh, gosh. I'm sure you've seen this already, but I want to talk about it as a point on the show. Yeah. Is this, is this about uh, productivity? Mm-hmm. Good, 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 good. Actually, it is. Okay, good. We, we can use that. Uh, oh, oh. Have you seen yeah. this? I'm looking at your Spider-Man here. Mm. Well, you got a Spider-Man lock screen. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's a, you're, you're back on board. Yeah, totally. It's the, and it's the Ramos uh, variant cover for the Superior number one. See, I think Ramos did like the like young X-Men, like inside the Messiah stuff. Didn't he do like a bunch of those those crazy looking... Manga looking ones? I don't I don't know if that was him or Joe Mad, but I'm pretty sure it was him. Okay. Okay, so I'm gonna look at this. Oh yes, I have seen this. You've sent me a link to this is a purported schedule. Is this a self? Yeah, so I saw I'd Tom, seen this a, a while ago. And then one of the guys that I follow on Twitter linked this and then Gruber picked it up and linked it, and it is it's so good no i hope it's real is there's no way this is i true. hope it's true well i think hunter s thompson loved to shoot guns and enjoyed cocaine <laughs> and blew up some radios i get it right <laughs> all right but i think this is a little exaggerated just in just a couple quick things here so he gets up at this stage oh nice him. cover no i mean lock screen phil noto <sighs> phil noto nobody draws an eye like phil noto you should see his thunderbolts cover Thunderbolt 6. Wow. I can talk about comics. According to Hunter S. Thompson, he wrote down, uh, I don't know when this is, looks like it's at least from probably the 70s. Quick, just a quick one. Uh, this is what he put in his body in a day. 3 p.m. Rise. 3.05. Shivas Regal with the morning papers. Dunhill cigarette. 3.45 cocaine. 3.50. Another glass of Shivas and a Dunhill. Uh, 4.05. First cup of coffee. Dunhill. 4.15. Cocaine. 4.30. Cocaine. 4.54. Cocaine. 5.05. Cocaine. <laughs> And then it's even better with you reading it too. <laughs> let me just, let me just quickly go through seven oh five because if you're familiar with the book of lists and the 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 list of the great trenchermen people people who are able to eat enormous amounts of food this reads a lot like that. Oh yeah, I can't get the voice right. Seven oh five, seven oh five, Woody Creek Tavern for lunch, seven oh five p.m. Heineken, two margaritas, two cheeseburgers, two orders of fries, a plate of tomatoes, coleslaw, taco salad, a double order of onion rings, carrot cake, ice cream, bean fritter, Dunhill's, another Heineken, cocaine, and for the ride home, a snow cone, which is a glass of shredded ice, over which is poured three or four jiggers of shivas. They took a break. It didn't have cocaine again until nine. The part, the only thing that makes me think it's not real is the frequency of the cocaine in the four to 5 p.m. time frame. That could be just a little bit of cocaine. That could be yeah. a, uh, not an LD50. I think it's a maintenance dose. Right. Okay. You well. just got to keep the plane in the air. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> just a tip. All right. This is courtesy of Ewan, 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 Ewan Morgan. Mm-hmm. Spell it like it sounds. Ewan, Ewan. How do you say that? Is it Aquin? It's Scottish, right? 
No, oh, I, I stay away from. I steer clear of. of They're that. proud people. Um, oh, I would like to come back to Hunter S. Thompson because I actually have a topic now. Okay. Um, um, but first, I'd like you to, if you don't mind, tell me about something that you like. Well, I can tell you about something that I like. I can also make a correction. Uh, yeah, we're sorry about this. Okay, so there was a little bit of confusion. So we want to reiterate that last... <laughs> mistakes were made. Well, mistakes were made. And uh, last week we had a sponsor called uh, Frank and Oak. And these guys, they sell premium. So we got most of it right. They sell premium clothes. They sell it for under 50 bucks. And they have members. They have an online store, which is curated. They have a new collection every month. They make personalized suggestions based on people's style preferences. They don't, Merlin, automatically send anyone clothes. Can I ask you a question, Dan? Go ahead, caller. Thank you. First time, uh, Frank and Ernest. (laughs) Do, Do they... To your knowledge, do they automatically send people clothes? They do not. Could you clarify that? Okay. They are, they do send clothes. They do not automatically send clothes. That's what we're trying to clear up. So that was, that was an error. We, we made it seem like some kind of like RCA, uh, Columbia House Music Club with right. clothes. Like That's they're just accurate. sending you clothes. Although if you don't mind, could you capture that? That's pretty, pretty good. <laughs> it is really good. Let's do it. <laughs> Otherwise, we had it all right. Frankenoak.com slash back to work. Not sponsoring this week. We're just making an amendment. And if you go there and use the code back to work, it's 10% off. Sorry, guys. Yeah, that was, that was, that was silly on our part. But of course, we'll, you can find more about them in uh, show links uh, and notes for this episode. Yeah. And Dan, Dan, can I ask you a question? Go ahead. Um, could you please uh, tell our listeners where, if they were so inclined, they could find show notes for uh, episode 10 diddly 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 two? 5 by 5tv slash B is in back, mm-hmm. 2 is in the number, W is in ladies. Mm. Slash 102. Mm. So normative. Anyway, um, <clears throat> back to work regrets the error. And our thanks to uh, Frank and Ampersand Oak for uh, supporting 5 by 5 and back to work. Yeah. A lot of people don't know the difference between an Ampersand and an And. There is a difference. Ampersand <laughs> is uh, the combination of the things. Is that right? Uh, I don't have it in front of me right now, but, but uh, I use Ampersands carelessly on Twitter because I got to, you know, preserve characters. I just uh, but, I, the one thing I love that you didn't that you didn't say about this thing yeah. is a, a day with Thompson midnight Hunter ready to write. Oh, right. Okay, so you've got him. He's waking up at three. He's done all this cocaine. He's eaten this insane amount of thing. He's dropping acid at ten midnight. Oh, sorry, yeah, drop acid. Midnight Hunter, Hunter ready to write. Ready to write. That's my Title. favorite. Yeah, that's my favorite part. Okay, now you can tell because because I look at this and I go. <laughs> Okay, you know, there's, <laughs> there's this long tradition of diarists. You got your Samuel Peeps. You got, you know, people who go out and measure how much the paper weighs and they keep their meat stickers. Mm-hmm. So, like, clearly he's not getting a lot accomplished because he's writing down how often he's doing cocaine. <laughs> this is not a habit of highly successful cocaine users. <laughs> right. Uh, and then he just has a, a single entry for 12.05. Now, Hunter, ready to write. So, 12.05 to 6 a.m. Chartreuse cocaine, grass, Chivas coffee, Heineken, clove cigarettes, old favorite of mine, grapefruit, Dunhill's orange juice and gin. And then finally Hunter, Hunter, Hunter ready to wind down. Yeah. So 6 a.m. in the hot tub. Hot tub. Champagne dub bars, fettuccine alfredo. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I wish that were my law firm. God. Hello, have you been injured for reasons that were not your own? Fell off a bus, tripped on a sidewalk? Hi. I'm Bob Champagne of Champagne Dove Bars and Fettuccine Alfredo. <laughs> Bob Champagne. So I wanted to, I wanted to ask you. I wanted to ask you. Ampersand, totally appropriate there. As a guy who's 
at at certain points in his life been very much in parallel with this kind of schedule. <laughs> How long can you maintain this? Uh, until you put a shotgun in your mouth <laughs> in your seventies, I guess. I mean, no, that's not accurate. He, you know, he had a he had a tough end, like uh, like uh, like Papa. He he had a tough end. You know, he was getting sick and stuff, but um. I don't know how long he sustained this, but you know, I, I uh, this does actually get us to a an excellent rehash uh, topic because Hunter S. Thompson, it, to me, is nearly canonical. Um, he's certainly got to be up there alongside people like Hemingway and maybe Faulkner and, gosh, certainly any raft of colorful comic writers. Where you know Tom Waits, right? We see the the kind of art that this person produces, and we hear hear the legendary tales about their personality. You know what I mean? And, you know, I would just say that doing cocaine at, at 4.15 is, is not going to make you want to stop. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know a lot about this. I started a biography about him and I got up into the Air Force years or whatever. But um, I, I, I don't think that everything that happened in uh, Las Vegas stayed in Las Vegas. No. No, I honestly, I don't, I don't think... I don't know how you drive a car when you're doing ether. Uh, you know, maybe <laughs> I, I think, you know, I, I don't, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I wonder how much of this is even vaguely accurate. He, he could certainly have days like this, I imagine, but it seems like that would really, um, cause a lot of trouble for one's liver. Hot tub I, notwithstanding. You would think so. Yeah. It's a great read. And then he had a halcyon. Had a halcyon. He's ready to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. So Hunter ready to write. Midnight. Hunter, Hunter ready to write. 8 a.m. He had a halcyon. 8.20 he went to sleep. So I guess he kept writing even after he went to sleep. I guess so. Halcyon, halcyon seems to be working. Cocaine. <laughs> I can't do... I, you know, Johnny Depp does him a pretty good... Uh, I think he does. I think he does a real good job of him. He's a... thing is, Hunter Thompson was... Uh, it's funny because like a lot of people, I think... Well... He was certainly entirely aware of his personal brand, if you like. Oh, b- b- super aware, heightenedly aware of it. We and he, and it on- seems, you know, it seems like yeah. he, this is the kind of guy where in any given situation, he's got a different perspective on it than anybody else. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. I, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think there are certainly a lot of people over time we talked about this on Roderick on the Line with Ben Franklin, how he, Ben Franklin was entirely aware of his own mythology and did very little to dispel it. He, you know, he really enjoy, enjoyed, um, you know, all the, all the stuff about him mm-hmm. that was out there. And, you know, there've been a lot of people like that. Uh, Glenn Gould. I mean, at a certain point, you know, very interesting character, the pianist, uh, if you don't mind my saying, Glenn Gould, uh, was very aware of all the, like, oh, he always wears gloves to protect his hands. And he has this same stool that he's been using for, you know, all these years. And uh, bench, stool, what do you call it? He sit on to play piano. An immigrant? What do you call that? A bench. A bench. And uh, it had to be exactly a certain height and so forth. But, you know, it also helps that Glenn Gould was one of the most accomplished I mean, say what you will about the guy's style. Some people uh, aren't crazy about his Goldbergs, but <laughs> his Goldberg chew mm-hmm. variations. But he, uh, but but boy, technically, you got to practice a whole lot of hours to make your fingers do what Glenn Gould's fingers can <clears throat> oh, do. Oh yeah. Um, but I'm thinking about what you said. The thing that the thing about Hunter S. Thompson is, first of all, he's he is such a muscular and colorful 
um, writer. I mean, he's, there's no way that he could produce. Here's the thing. Like if you're going to put on a play about being high, you shouldn't be high. (laughs) If you're going to write a song about being drunk, like in order to really get that right, you really can't write and perform that drunk. I don't think. I don't think so. And there's maybe a few people who can pull that off, but chances are at some point in their sobriety, they refined and edited that into something. And I think what he succeeded at, I, don't, I have no way of knowing how many, how many of these cocaines are real, but I don't doubt that he's done all of those things and maybe done them daily, whatever. I don't think that matters. What matters is that what he was able to produce, especially in the earlier days, you know, the Las Vegas stuff and the Kentucky Derby stuff and then the, the Nixon stuff in particular. Yes. The thing that's interesting to me is, is people obsess over Hunter Thompson's, uh, Dr. Hunter S. Thompson. Uh, <laughs> um, they obsess over these famous excesses because that's what he wrote about. Mm-hmm. And that's the character that he created. But a lot of young writers aren't noticing the craft. I don't think, I don't want to sound like an old guy here, but like they're not noticing the craft that he brings to that. They're not noticing that, that he, has, he has made that picture of walking through a bar at a casino in Las Vegas and hallucinating, like making that feel so real and recognizable. That's not the work of somebody who's out of their senses to create that. You know what I mean? To, to, to conflate the illustration of that with the doing of that is not a great idea. There's a lot of great sports writers that are pretty portly. They can write about sports very lucidly, even though they aren't athletes. Yeah. So it just happens here that we're trying to put these characters together. In the case of like the Beatles, like, yeah, sure, they were smoking a lot of pot when they recorded Revolver. But I mean, it certainly helped that they were deeply gifted people. But the one thing about him that, you know, I think somebody who reads a lot of Hunter S. Thompson gets is, is that the drugs and the drinking and everything, what they do so wonderfully is amplify what I do believe is very real, which was his personal sense of menace. And just the feeling of, of like, Maybe not paranoia, I guess. Yeah, paranoia. Paranoia about this era of, of, you know, of Nixon and Vietnam and this feeling that these jackals were running the country. Yeah. And I think he was just given how for like whatever, 30 years he was writing about Nixon. After he was dead, he was writing about Nixon. Right. Nixon really made him mad. And I think Nixon felt like a personal threat. Like Nixon was coming after Hunter yeah, S. Thompson. Personally. Do, do you know what I mean? Yes. And that... That's not as fun to dress up as for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Did I ever tell you about that Halloween costume? No. November 1st, a few years ago. Uh, but that's after the, Halloween. Walking down the street, as you do. And uh, I saw a guy uh, walking down the street in a bucket hat and yellow, um, you know, like firing range glasses like Hunter S. Thompson wore. Yeah. Like a, a vest. He had, he had a cigarette holder. <clears throat> he had been Hunter S. Thompson for Halloween. And he was carrying half of a handle of Gilby's. Like he was carrying like half of a handle of gin. Now, I don't know how much like, you know, bar brand gin you've had, but he had a lot of gin <clears throat> and he clearly had alcohol poisoning. He was really? not in good shape. He was in that state where he was not just like walking around drunk at eight in the morning, but where he was clearly just about to do a face plant. And so I went to Walgreens, came out of Walgreens and he was really in a terrible, terrible way. He, he looked like a very sick person. And uh, I came pretty close to just calling the police because I was sort of worried about the little guy. Well, first of all, drinking is not something you should start doing suddenly. You need to work, work your way up to that. It's right. like doing a marathon or being married. 
you know, <laughs> you, you need to, you need to really prepare yourself, understand what you're in for and then practice a lot. That's how you drink. Uh, you don't just put on a hat and some glasses and then drink half a handle of gin. That's a terrible idea. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of surprised he didn't just throw it all up. Cause you know, that's the thing about alcohol is, uh, you know, you drink a lot of it too fast, you know, it comes right up. You gotta kill yourself slowly. Like in uh, Leaving Las Vegas in that movie. I've never seen that. I've never don't seen that. Don't watch it. Just don't watch it. it will. I, heard it's sad. I heard it's pretty sad. It's sad and, it, and it's, I think it'll hit too close to home for you. I think at some point, um, talking about Las Vegas may replace comics in my, in my on-air obsession. Oh, really? I don't know anybody who likes Las Vegas. I know one person and his wife that like Las Vegas and that is it. I don't know anybody that likes Las Vegas other than that little guy. I know a person. Um... I, you know, this is an old, old thing we've talked about a lot on here, but I just think Hunter S. Thompson is a, is a terrific example. Also, you know, as we said before, you know, I'm just talking about all these, you know, crazy male writers. Oh, okay. Let's, let's, let's go to the ladies. Sylvia Plath. Yeah. She was a very, very gifted writer who had a lot of demons and she earned them. I mean, she had some serious problems in her life and, you know, had not so great of an end, but you know, Bell Jar's pretty amazing thing. Her poems are, it's pretty amazing stuff. But like to think that you need to start with manic depression and end with your head in an oven is no way to undertake an artistic career. And that, that's for anybody who's like over 40 and listening to this, both of you. Yeah, both of um, us. You, you and know, me. Dr. Drang and me. Uh, I, I hope he still listens. No, he does. Well, he I listens to the other shows now. He gets mad about the parenting stuff. He thinks we're doing it wrong. But you, maybe you've reached that uh, rapprochement with yourself and said, Oh, you know, either I've accepted that I'm never going to be a great artist, or I've accepted that the mythology of self-destruction behind all this creation, the, the beautiful loser, that that kind of stuff is in some ways a lot more just, well, not in some ways, in almost every way, it's much more destructive than it is literally creative. Right. I mean, if you drink a lot, you're going to be hung over and eventually pretty depressed yeah. and eventually pretty sick. It just happens. Yeah. And I mean, you know, in the case of somebody like William Faulkner, William Faulkner was, had pretty crippling alcoholism. Mm -hmm. He was, he was really, really bad off, but he didn't drink when he was writing. He drank when he wasn't writing, right. which is not atypical of a lot of people who, who write for a living. But it's funny, something I put in show notes, uh, I don't know why I did this, except that I really enjoyed it. Uh, Chris Hardwick did an interview with Warren Ellis who I'm just learning more about. And he seems like such an interesting guy. Mm -hmm. You, I think you would enjoy this interview a lot. I'd love to hear it. Or is it uh, listenable or readable? It's, it's listenable. It's pretty long. It's on the Nerdist. And, okay. and I don't, I, I, I knew F all about uh, Warren Ellis until a few years ago. And I realized that he's written a lot of stuff that I like and stuff I can tell I'm going to like. He did that uh, Transmetropolitan, right? He did Planetary. Mm -hmm. He did... But there's so much to, to like in this interview. And Chris Hardwick, great guy. And um, there's so much to, to like in this interview because he's, he's super English, but very that kind of crusty uh, sort of English that I really like. Where he's like, anybody who calls you a sellout, you know, what they're really saying is that you found a way to make money doing something that you like, you know, and they're mad about it. <laughs> right. They're mad because they didn't do it. Kind of. I think it's kind of, I don't want to misquote the man, but he's very, very funny. And, but I, you get the idea listening to someone like him, or I look at somebody like Brian Bendis or Matt Fraction or, or any of these people who, who you're like, I, I've got like seven inches of Brian Bendis on my shelf. 
maybe more. I don't know how people like Warren Ellis, I don't know how he puts out so much stuff, but he does. He's a professional writer, right? And at one point, Chris is asking him, you know, do you find yourself at this point in your career, you know, doing this more for sort of the artistic part or how much is it for the career and, you know, financial part? But like he's figured out the same thing that John Darnielle and the Mountain Goats have. Like he figured out the same thing that a lot of writers have, which you've got to just keep producing stuff and putting it out if you want to do that for a living. And you really kind of can't afford to go into, you know, disappear into a K-hole of your own design because you've got stuff to produce. I'm not, I'm not sure that's the racket for me because I, I don't know <clears throat> if I'm up to that personally. I, I'll return to it, but like I certainly wouldn't put myself alongside Warren Ellis. Yeah. But anyway, I, I recommend that interview. Uh, Chris, of course, is a very charming guy. And, um, but I, I have a lot of admiration for somebody like that who can create these worlds. Like I haven't read Transmetropolitan, but I, I have a feeling I'm going to like it a lot. I like so many of the things. He is so dark. Oh, another thing is um, <clears throat> talking about like the stuff he does for like the major like the big two and everybody else, he's really forthright, forthcoming about it, which is like that that's what he does to boil the pot. Like he, like somebody like Wallace Shawn, produces this commercial art in order to be, in his opinion, everything's commercial art. If you get paid for it, it's commercial. You know, in his words, some of the best French art of the 19th century was advertising. And in his case, you know, he takes a gig because it's a gig. And, and if somebody wants him to do Astonishing X-Men, he'll do Astonishing X-Men. I think he worked on that. Um, yeah, Joss Whedon and yeah, he did like four. He did the Exogenesis, maybe. He worked on Excalibur. Like, how fun was that? You know, ugh. like he did, <laughs> he did, but but it was a job. Yeah, and like you could look at him and look at the picture of him with the crazy beard and the skulls behind his head. But he's a craftsman and he's a uh, he's a yeoman. Like he goes out and and produces that stuff. So I don't know. I'm not sure if there's anything of a functional component here. It's it's an old message, but I think um, on the one hand, when I was young. And I went through, as I've described, my Tom Waits phase where I, or I typed on a manual typewriter and wore a hat that I got at the Goodwill. You know, you know that I didn't make anything good. I was too busy trying to become this costume character. You know, I wasn't out there doing the heavy lifting of getting better, showing people my work and taking myself to a higher level of being pushed into learning what I was doing poorly, which you're mostly doing when you're young. Um, that's the nature of the game. Mm -hmm. But... You know, that costume does get in the way. But then on the other hand, for somebody, you know, closer to our age, you know, I think you can feel like, even if you've set aside that mythology, I think there's still something really daunting about doing something even for yourself creatively. You know, not because you feel like you have to go and buy a handle of gin, but, but because, you know, there are these, you look at, go look at, you know, Warren Ellis's, put it in notes, uh, Wikipedia page. And like a lot of these comic guys I'm obsessed with now, I mean, like that Phil Noto, like I just sent you my Jean Grey lock screen. Yeah. I can't believe how much this guy puts out. I, can't, I just, it, it's mind boggling to me how much these guys produce every day. Um, and, and, and girls like Kelly Sue DeConnick is pushing out a lot of really amazing titles right now. Uh, Avengers Assemble, uh, great for kids. Number 10 is coming out this week. And um, I don't know. I'm just, I find that really depressing and inspiring. It's really depressing how, to me sometimes how much other people are able to make. Of, of lasting value. I'm being honest, not depressing, but it's, I sometimes go, no, I know, oh. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I mean, Roderick and I talk about this a lot. Like, you know, John, John's uh, aspiration in life is to become either a retired Senator or a retired head of the CIA. He doesn't really have a plan. He'll never get into the CIA. He realized he couldn't be an operative years ago, but his fantasy, possibly a retired Senator. You skip right over to the Senator part. 
and you become a retired senator. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of us want. Everybody wants to have written, but it's hard work to write because, you know, a lot of that stuff will never be to have written uh, because it sucked, because it never got finished. Um, and I think that mythology goes way beyond handles and hats. There's a lot of reasons why this stuff becomes daunting. And I think we start in the same way that we might cast about for a better index card, we might also cast about for a personal mythology that suits uh, the kind of work we'd like to make when, you know, that's the last thing in the world that you really need. You need to sit down at whatever, whatever, whatever set of tools you've got and start trying to suck less at it, which is not sexy. <sighs> There's your topic, right? Yeah, well, let's, let's do it. Let's make that our topic. I like it. Yeah. We're going to do our... Um, yeah, tell me about something you like. All right, Shutterstock.com. Shutterstock.com. Now, listen, we, we want to apologize. We want to apologize for Shutterstock.com. We, we had said there was over 10 million, it's over 20 million stock photos, vectors, illustrations, and video clips. You can start your search. They actually are a sponsor again this week. Shutterstock.com is where you go to find the image for your website, your ad, your publication. Merlin went there and, uh, and created one of these light boxes. So, so fun to use, especially on, it works, works on the iPhone too, but on the iPad, man. They get a great a beautiful, app And it's not one of those thrown together kind of apps. Like it's really beautifully done. And it's so fun to sit there and uh, if you like brainstorm visually on something that, if you have to do anything visual, I think, I think really, especially if you're not a graphic artist or, you know, if you are, you can certainly find things there. But if you're somebody who has to go make something in pages and you're yeah. freaking out, um, it's, a, it's a terrific way to go in and follow your nose topically or visually. And they give you those options to follow, follow your nose depending on like what appeals to you. It's, it's really fun to use. And you just sign up. You go sign up for an account. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. You go there, you sign up, you go to shutterstock.com. You sign up. I mean, if you're one of these people that you think you're going to be buying a lot of stuff or you're going to be using it for publishing, you're going to be using it for, you know, trade show swag or something. They have this thing called an enhanced license. I know that's what the guys over at Macworld use. You can find uh, more, like Merlin says, go to shutterstock.com. You sign up for an account. If you find something you want to purchase, you can get one image, you can get a monthly subscription, you can get whatever you want. The code to use is back to work one spelled out back to work. And then the number one, you'll get 30% off any package that you put together over there. So that's over Shutterstock. Thank, let's see if I get it right. Thanks very much to Shutterstock.com for supporting five by five and back to work. Good guys. Did Lovely I get it right? Ladies. Lovely ladies over at Shutterstock. Beautiful yeah, ladies. I wasn't even going to say anything. You got it perfect. All right. Perfectly. You got a perfect dish. Perfectly. Mostly adverbs. Right. Adverbs. What are you going to do? Seven inches of Brian Bendis. Is that you? I guess. <clears throat> it's uh, it's an overstatement. It's actually three inches because I was swimming. Cold <laughs> for laugh. Yeah. <laughs> you know that guy produces a lot of stuff. Who Bendis? Bendis. Brian Bendis. Brian Michael Bendis. I am Brian Bendis. <laughs> I do not care. I just tried. <laughs> what do you think of? Uh, Why am I commended? I am commended. That sounds like a like a bad thirteen year old kids punk song. Why am I commended? Why am I commended? Oh my goodness! Um, we shouldn't talk about comics. We could we could stop right here. That was pretty good. I mean, it was a solid solid shorty a power short power. Power of ass. Remember, remember, remember when we were uh, briefly resolved to try and make the show less than an hour? That was you. It was all you. It was all me. How'd that work out? 
Now we, we settled on a hard 90. Actually, you know, 56 since I've been swimming. <laughs> Want to button this up? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.